1: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. April is here, and that means it's time for basketball playoffs. You can use our promo code BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. With the link in the description to this episode, then you can use that fifty percent welcome bonus at Bet Online Sportsbook to place a plus six thousand bet on my Sacramento Kings to light the beam and win the NBA championship. Bet Online, where the game starts. <laughs> of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody, it is a fantabulous Wednesday, April 12th, according to my count. May not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in. However, and whenever it is that you may be listening, we've got a fantabulous show coming at you today. The NBA playoffs are here. The NBA playoffs are in full swing, and we have got all the breakdowns, all the coverage, and all the talk about the play-in round of the tournament here today. We've got six single elimination basketball games over the next three days. Four of them are going to take place Tuesday and Wednesday. Two of them are technically already been completed by the time you're listening to this. We're recording on Tuesday in the middle of Hawks and Heat, so we'll see what happens. If we, if we have time later tonight, I might come back and record a little bit more on the Timberwolves-Lakers results, let's operate under the assumption that the Lakers win that game. If the Timberwolves do win that game, LOL, because they just lost Jaded McDaniels. From what I understand, they'll be playing without Nas Reed, and of course, Rudy Gobert got suspended one game for the play-in, which means Rudy Gobert is going to be back for a potential winner-go-home against either Oklahoma City or the Pelicans. I really hope it's Oklahoma City, but it means Rudy would come back for a one-game winner-go-home eight-seed matchup, but he's also just got suspended for their one game to decide the seventh seed because he punched Kyle Anderson on national television, And on Twitter, which is probably worse than punching him on national television. We're going to start off talking about the Timberwolves. We're going to dissect the Pelicans and the Thunder and the Bulls and the Raptors and the Hawks and the Heat. And all the teams that are playing in the play-in round of the tournament. Including a eulogy for the Atlanta Hawks because there's something interesting going on there. But if we're going to start with the Timberwolves and we're going to start with the funny shit that has gone down since Sunday in Minnesota we've got to play our Minnesota Timberwolves parody song set to The Man by the Killers, except it's the Ant-Man, because, you know, Anthony Edwards is the man. Ant is the man.
2: Ant let y'all score. The ball slipped out his hand. Chatting them boys, they won't give a damn, they cheer playing games, like they just won the crown, nothing can bring, can bring Minnesota down, the Ant-Man, drives down, D-D-Low's got a kick, D-Low's got to kick, get out, the Ant-Man's 21, and, no, no, nothing can break, You can't break him down Twelve years in the tank Bev flops like a plank We got news for you baby and Edwards is the man Two years in the game And he's a household name We got news for you baby and Edwards is the man When it comes to Wiggins They never learned And then Jimmy Butler Left all the kids burned the only way they get talent is the top of the draft. Torian Prince and Malik Bees Lee, the Ant Man's 21. No, no, nothing can break. You can't break him down. 12 years in the tank. Bev flops like a plank. Got news for you, baby, and Edwards is the man. Cat shot, make it rain. GM's affair's in the way. Got news for you, baby, and Edwards is the man. The Ant-Man, the Ant-Man, the Ant-Man, the Ant-Man. Who's the man with the plan, the Ant-Man? The Ant-Man, the Ant-Man, the Ant-Man, the Ant-Man. Who's the man with the plan, the Ant-Man? The Ant-Man. The Ant-Man Twelve years in the tank Bev flops like a plank Got news for you baby and Edwards is the man Fifteen years away I'm headed to the Hall of Fame Got news for you baby and Edwards is the man
1: All right, we made that song last year after my favorite moment of the 2022 NBA season, which was, of course, the Timberwolves in the play-in game last year beating the Los Angeles Clippers at home to clinch their second playoff spot in 16 years. And after, after Patrick Beverly had the game-winning steal... And hit the game ceiling free throws against his former team, the Clippers. He got the final rebound, jumped up on the table, took off his jersey, and chucked it into the crowd in one of the, just being absolute losers who just won, just went through the greatest moments in their basketball career. Patrick Beverly, game winning steal, game winning free throws to beat the team that traded him. I dude, like there's not a better moment in Patrick Beverly's NBA career. Patrick Beverly could be the 10th man on a championship team. It would not be as good a moment as what that was for Pat Beverly. So after the greatest moment of his basketball career, he chucked the jersey. Cat was crying and hugging his girlfriend. Anthony Edwards was jumping on the table. The Timberwolves were behaving like they had never been there before. And I love that energy as someone who loves losers in sports I need more of that. I need that same energy from the Sacramento Kings when they beat the Golden State Warriors this week. Are they going to do it after Game 1? I hope they do it after Game 1. Are they going to do it after Game 5 when they win the series? I hope they do it after Game 5 when they win the series. I just need that same energy from Sacramento because it will probably inspire another parody song similar to the Aunt Edwards one. We made that a year ago, and dang, some of these things have kind of aged not so gracefully. I mean, Pat Bev doesn't even play for the Timberwolves anymore. Torian Prince is still there, but not Malik Beasley. That GM who got fired for having affairs in the office, he now works for the Minnesota Tim- or he now works for the New York Knicks. Kinda like their purse their their numbers crunching guy, because Leon Rose runs the New York Knicks, but he's like, I guess the Gerson Rosas who, again, he's GM affairs in the way, like I mentioned in that song. He, he His affairs in the workplace have now netted him power and position within the New York Knicks organization. And some of that stuff that we talked about hasn't aged as well, because Bev doesn't even play for them anymore, and neither does Malik Beasley. They traded a bunch of people for Rudy Gobert, who now punches Kyle Anderson in the chest. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what we were talking about before. Kyle Anderson getting punched in the chest because he called Rudy Gobert the B word that I'm not going to repeat on air, just because I feel weird saying it in a derogatory way. Called Rudy Gobert a B, and Rudy Gobert punched him in the chest. I I heard people being like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they sent rudy gobert home after he punched kyle anderson what else were they going to do because if you let rudy gobert walk back out there and play like it it's over for chris finch like you rudy gobert who from all accounts is not well respected within the timberwolves locker room i've seen kevin o'connor talk about that i've seen uh, Bomani Jones talk about that, like just not well respected within the Timberwolves locker room. Rudy Gobert walks back out there and plays. Rudy Gobert's in charge now. And if he's not respected by them and is more in charge than Chris Finch, Chris Finch got no chance. And by the way, Chris Finch was probably going to get fired at the end of the season regardless. Now again, they might be the seven seed by the time you're listening to this, which means they have a, a second year in a row of a seven game series against The Memphis Grizzlies, and maybe they'll convince themselves, you know, we've made the playoffs two years in a row, we're building towards something good. Maybe they convince themselves that they can win with Chris Finch and that Chris Finch is not the change that has to be made in order to get over the hump. Or more likely, like we talked about with Ben Beacon, they will go. uh, He covers the Timberwolves, we talked to him back in July. More likely, the case will be for the Minnesota Timberwolves that going into next season, they will have a new head coach. The roster will look a little bit different. I mean, Nas Reed's a free agent at the end of the year. I suspect Kyle Anderson will not be back with the Minnesota Timberwolves next year because he's kind of like a replaceable part of that team. I know Kyle Anderson's a good player, but you, you have a better chance of finding another Kyle Anderson than you do of finding another Rudy Gobert. Maybe they'll both be on the team next year. I suspect probably not. So if you take away Kyle Anderson, you take away Nas Reed, you've still got the core of the team of Ant, Carl Anthony Towns, Mike Conley, and one Rudy Gobert in the middle. Next year is the year they were building towards when they made the Rudy Gobert trade, and having a new head coach in there will make it a little bit... Better. I mean, again, there, sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the pasture, but if Minnesota does run it back with a new coach and the same core players of Mike Conley, who's actually been pretty close to an upgrade over D'Angelo Russell in terms of what they've needed from the point guard position, D'Angelo Russell kind of just being a fourth option waiting in the wind a lot of the time with Minnesota, like I think D'Angelo Russell works better with a team like the Lakers, and you've seen what D'Lo has done in the twenty games since he got there. Like Mike Conley being back another year, he's still under contract in Minnesota. Uh, Ant Man being the number one, Carl Towns being a giant stretch four who shoots threes, and Rudy Gobert in the middle. Like you put all of that together. Next year is supposed to be the best version of that team. If they stay healthy, I bet they could get the 4 of the 5 seed in the Western Conference, which is kind of what we said when they traded for Rudy Gobert. Their peak is probably winning a playoff round. They go as far as Anthony Edwards goes. And like I said, the song I talked about, in 15 years he'll be in the Hall of Fame. If Anthony Edwards is a generational star about to turn 23 years old... Which was the age that Luca was last year when the Mavericks went to the Western Conference Finals? If Ant is going to be that generational star for the next five years after, uh, I guess you could say after Luca, or kind of like bringing it up the rear with Luca, if they're going to be, if Ant is going to be that star in his age twenty three season, number one offense revolves around him, and they play the good defense that they, the the great defense that they had the back half of the season, then Minnesota is good enough to be a four or five seed in the Western conference. And that's probably the peak they were looking for when they traded for Rudy Gobert is the best we can. We go as far as Anthony Edwards goes, and we're going to provide him as much of a support now as we can get, which involves a $50 million, Carl Anthony towns a $38 million, Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards on a rookie contract, which will soon not be a rookie contract, at which point they'll make a decision between whether keeping Cat or keeping Rudy or whatever they end up doing. So, you know, two years from now, they can look beyond that. But going into next year, that's probably the game plan. New head coach, same core of the roster, change a couple periphery pieces and Minnesota could, with good health and good luck, do a 48-win season like what the Sacramento Kings had this year or do a 50-win season with Rudy and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. It's possible that Anthony Edwards can be the best player at 23 years old on a 50 win team. All of that is to say that's where Minnesota's looking in a season that feels a little lost and ended with not just Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson in the face or in the chest and getting suspended for the last game of the, the for their play-in game against the Lakers, which again we're going to operate under the assumption they lost to the Lakers. If they won that game yesterday, LOL, that not only would Rudy Gobert get sent home in the middle of their last regular season game, which, for the, I mean, this has already been hashed a lot, but for those who don't know, that game was a win-and-you-get-the-eight-seed situation by the time everything was all said and done and the results came in. It was win-you-get-the-eight-seed, lose-you-get-the-nine-seed. They were losing when Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson in the chest. They were losing when Jaden McDaniels, their starting power forward, punched a wall, broke his hand, and went out for season. He pulled the, pulled the old Devin Williams. For those who don't know, Devin Williams, uh, the closer for the Milwaukee Brewers, with the best Brewers team of the last... I mean, the Brewers came within one game of the World Series, but 2021, the Brewers were that was the best team they've had in... God, that's the best team the Brewers have had maybe in like 12 years. And their star closer, Devin Williams, punched a wall, and that was the end of his 2021 season. And the Brewers got bounced in the wildcard round to the Braves, who eventually won the World Series. The Devin Williams punching a wall ended up happening with Jaden McDaniels near the last game of the season, except Jaden McDaniels also did it on camera and was captured by television. Like... The odds of both of those things happening in one game, Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson and Jaden McDaniels out of frustration, punching a wall, breaking his hand, and being out for season. The odds of both of those things happening in the same game were astronomical. The odds of them happening in a winner-go-home, not winner-go-home, but winner gets the 8-seed, loser gets the 9-seed in the play-in tournament. The odds of that happening in that game were wild. Wild. And the odds that the Timberwolves would come back and win that game after losing were wild. They did come back and win that game by, I think, five points. And I think most importantly of all four of those things, the odds that that would be caught on film both times is wild. (laughs) That you would get on television, Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson on live television, And then you would get Jaden McDaniels walking to the locker room but still in camera shot, punching a wall and breaking his hand. The odds that you would get both of those videos is almost too good to be true. I think people were kind of underselling how ridiculous both of those stories were just because people couldn't believe that they saw them on camera. Like, when Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole, it was a national story for, like, two weeks. And granted, it was the preseason, so there wasn't all the chaos of playoff seedings and play-in rounds and all that stuff to talk about. But, like, when Draymond punched Jordan Poole, that was a giant story. When Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson on live television, (laughs) it was somehow less of a giant story. And again, part of that might be there was just so much chaos going on and Jaden McDaniels punched a wall and broke his hand like 20 minutes after Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson. All, I, th- I feel like we're not talking enough about just how wild that story is, just how wild the Timberwolves went from a team that was underperforming, but it was an explainable underperformance because Carl Anthony Towns had like basically a ruptured quad and missed 54 games during the season, and he came back in time for the playoffs, but Cat Rudy Gobert, and Ant-Man have only played like 20 games together, which is similar to—I know he keeps coming back to the Sacramento Kings, but it's similar to what happened with the Sacramento Kings where they traded for Demata Sabonis. They only played 10 games between Sabonis and Fox after the trade deadline together and then came back this year, played a full basically 75 games between Fox and Sabonis. I think both of them were together for 75 games this year. Played 75 games together, and you saw what happened with the Sacramento Kings putting up the season that the Minnesota Timberwolves hoped to have when they traded for Rudy Gobert. A 48-50 to 50 win season was what Minnesota ideally wanted to do when they traded for Carl Anthony, or when they traded for Rudy Gobert and paired him with Carl Anthony Towns and anthony edwards which gives them three all-stars i know they didn't all make the all-star team at the same time but they have three all-stars on their team they were hoping for what the sacramento kings did this year which was 48 to 50 wins three or four seed in the western conference and i think they can do that next year with a fully healthy team a new coach and and retooling some of the pieces around there the core pieces are intact for a 50 win western conference team And so Minnesota goes into next year, hoping that that will be the case. But at that point, you take away Rudy Gobert because he punched Kyle Anderson, and you take away Jaden McDaniels, and you take away Nas Reed because of injury, and they still find a way to this point. It's just kind of wild to think about all of that happening in a season that feels a bit like a wash for Minnesota goes out with a bang and like I said I feel like we are not talking enough about just how wild that entire story was for the Timberwolves and maybe I'm part of the problem because we waited until Wednesday to even address the story when it happened Sunday afternoon and my first instinct was to throw on the microphones and be like oh my god can you believe that that just happened on live television twice and can you believe the Timberwolves came back to win that game twice they they were they came back to take the lead. The Pelicans took the lead again, and then the Timberwolves came back in the final three minutes. Yeah, it's just just a wild sequence for Minnesota. Just absolutely wild. And I hope that by the time you're listening to this, they've beaten the Lakers in the first play-in game.
2: Ain't let y'all score. The ball slipped out his hand Cat and them boys They won't give a damn They cheer playing games Like they just won the crown Nothing can bring Can bring Minnesota down The Ant-Man Drives down D-D-Low's got a kick D-Low's got a kick Get out The Ant-Man's 21 and Nah, no, nah, no, nothing can break. You can't break him down. Twelve years in the tank, Ben flops like a plank. We got news for you, baby, and Edwards is the man. Two years in the game, and he's a household name. We got news for you, baby, and Edwards is the man. When it comes to Wiggins, they never learned. And then Jimmy Butler. Left all the kids burned The only way they get talent Is the top of the draft Torian Prince and Malik Beasley The Ant-Man's 21 No nah, no, nothing can break You can't break him down 12 years in the tank Bev flops like a plank Got news for you baby and Edwards is the man Cat's shot make it rain GM's affairs in the way Got news for you, baby And Edwards is the man The Ant-Man, the Ant-Man The Ant-Man, the Ant-Man Who's the man with the plan? The Ant-Man The Ant-Man The Ant-Man, the Ant-Man The Ant-Man Who's the man with the plan? The Ant-Man The Ant-Man Ooh, the Ant-Man. Twelve years in the tank, Bev flops like a plank. Got news for you, baby, and Edwards is the man. Fifteen years away, I'm headed to the Hall of Fame. Got news for you, baby, and Edwards is the man.
1: All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Atlanta Hawks and the Eastern Conference play-in tournament, just because some of these teams we probably won't talk about again in depth after today. Uh, By the time we're recording this, by the way, the Hawks are up four points right now. It's still first half of the play-in game, but oh, sorry, the Hawks are now up six points against the Miami Heat. In the first play in game, by the way, I would have bet the Hawks because the data that we pointed to says that Atlanta is a better team than the Miami Heat, despite what their record currently sits at. Hello, everybody, this is Kyle from the future. Anytime that we have changing news in the sports world. We always like to use that music to interject from beyond the beyond and give you updates on what has happened in the world of sports because at halftime, the Atlanta Hawks opened up a 21-point lead against the Miami Heat. We started recording this episode with about two minutes left in the first quarter, and once we finished, I looked up and it was a 21-point Atlanta Hawks lead. So instead of going back to re record what we just talked about, where I said, hey, I thought the Atlanta Hawks were a good bet in this game, I wanted to re emphasize that it was a six point game when we started talking, and now it's a 21 point game at the end of this podcast recording. I'm going to go on record and assume the Atlanta Hawks won this game against the Miami Heat, and most of our conversations afterwards operate under this assumption. So this has been Kyle from the future, dropping in to this podcast to add context and information. Now we return to your regularly scheduled Take It Easy podcast programming. (music) The Heat have gotten better in the second half of the season just because Jimmy Butler has gotten better in the second half of the season. Like, Jimmy Butler from February onward is playing like a legitimate top five MVP candidate. And that's something that Jimmy Butler has done for years, which is regular season is different than postseason. He's one of the rare players that gets better as the season goes along because he doesn't exert the same level of energy towards the early parts of the season. It's why some of his regular season teams have struggled in years past, and yet like the five-seed Miami Heat went to the finals in the bubble, or... The, the Timberwolves were a three-seed, and then he went out, and then they were an eight-seed the one year he was together. Or uh, the Sixers team that had him, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons was the three-seed in the Eastern Conference, despite the fact they might have been the third-best team in the NBA that season. So it's just something that happens with Jimmy Butler. He gets better as the season goes along and hits his peak once the playoffs roll around. And so... The Hawks, I would have taken them over the Heat. I think they were plus five and a half. I would have definitely... Again, you're listening to this with the result in hand, so perhaps I was incorrect, but I would have definitely taken the Hawks plus five and a half and felt really, really confident about that pick because the Hawks have been consistently a better team all year than the Miami Heat. Atlanta made it clear that they are open for business on Trey Young. And... This is not surprising at all. I said when Quinn Snyder came in as the new head coach, I guess, no, it was when McMillan got fired and there were talks about Quinn Snyder was about to become the Hawks head coach. You have now a new general manager in Landry Fields. They reassigned the Hawks general manager and now Landry Fields is the chief basketball decision maker. So you have a new general manager you have a new head coach all within the span of about four months. Because Travis Schlentak, who comes from the Warriors and he was the one who built the, the original Hawks team. He drafted Trey Young and then couldn't find a second All-Star. Just could not find a second All-Star anywhere to pair with Trey Young. Tried it in the draft, didn't work. Tried it with Kevin Herter, didn't his development never got to a place where he could become an all star? Tried it with John Collins, development never got to a place where he was an all star. Uh, tried to sign Bogdanovich, great player, didn't, and they went to an Eastern Conference Finals with Bogdanovich as the second or third best player. Just didn't turn into an all star. They tried it with Gallinari. They traded three first round picks for Dejounte Murray, who in fairness made an all star team with the San Antonio Spurs. It's kind of like a fringe all-star as a last-ditch effort to save his job, and it it didn't work out. I mean, DeJounte Murray's been a fine player for the Atlanta Hawks, but they did not get better as a team because they traded for DeJounte Murray. And Schlentak is gone. He got four tries to get an all-star around uh, Trey Young. Never happened. Bring in Landry Fields. Nate McMillan leaves. I mean, fired is the term, but Nate McMillan wanted out of there badly because he had beef with trey young we've talked about that a few times on the podcast here so i'm not going to rehash that but the thing i said is like you have a new basketball decision maker you have a new head coach it would be doing yourself a disservice to not see what you can get for trey young because why are you why are you so connected to this player who is very good and also someone you could get a another player of Trey Young caliber sometime in the near future. I mean, I would argue that 16 teams in the NBA have a Trey Young right now. Trey Young is not this untradeable piece because if he were this untradeable piece, he would have given you enough job security to last four years of being unable to find a second all-star around him. Look at Nico Harrison with the, with the Mavericks right now. He's going through the same thing as Schlentek. He couldn't get a second all-star. He tried to get Porzingis. Didn't work. Uh, Porzingis never made an All Star team with Dallas. Then it was Jalen Brunson, who they lowballed and eventually blossomed into an All Star caliber player, left in free agency, tried to trade for Kyrie Irving as a last second desperation play, and now you've given you've given it four tries at building a an All Star caliber team around Luka Doncic, and it just hasn't happened. Schlentek got four tries, he got fired. And the Atlanta Hawks are in a situation where it makes sense for them to shop Trey Young. Now, they don't have their own draft picks for three of these seasons. I think it's this year's draft pick, 2025 and 2027. And I think there's a pick swap in there somewhere. But they gave up all their picks. (laughs) Atlanta gave up all their picks to the San Antonio Spurs in order to get... Dejounte Murray, and by the way, these picks are unprotected too. I'm just pulling up the the trade here real quick. They have their first round pick this year. Fortunately for them, they traded uh, a Charlotte Hornets draft pick this year, but the pick is going to defer to the future because Charlotte doesn't have any hope of being good in the next two seasons. So one of those first round picks was a Charlotte pick. Another one of them is totally gone. 2025 unprotected first-round pick is gone. 2027 first-round pick is gone unprotected. The They have a, a right to swap first-round picks with the Hawks in 2026. So, like, they, they are not going to tear this thing to the ground. They have given up those draft picks, and unless they want to do, like, what Brooklyn does, where they've got a weird mishmash of they've got one pick from the Rockets and two picks from the—they uh, traded one pick to the—or, no, they— Yeah, they traded one pick to the Utah Jazz and then they get a bunch of picks from the Phoenix Suns and they get a bunch of picks from Dallas, but they don't have their own draft picks. like Unless they want to do that weird hodgepodge of players that are good enough to be mid and mid is good because then they don't have to worry about losing value on those draft picks. If that's the strategy they want to go to, so be it, but it makes all the sense in the world to shop Trey Young and... From what I understand, the trade they're looking for is for an all star, kind of similar to the Sabonis for Halliburton trade. I know this always comes back to Sacramento, but kind of a similar type trade. I saw one proposal was Trey Young for Paul George, and that makes a lot of sense having Paul George be the number one in their offense, while Trey Young could be a number two complement, a better complementary piece to an aging Kawhi Leonard, who very quietly is a 50 40 90 player this year. Like Kawhi Leonard is one of the better offensive players in the NBA while also being a top, I mean, former top defensive player in the league, now just a very good defensive player. So Paul George and DeJounte Murray would make a lot of sense together. And if that's the route Atlanta wants to go down, where they're trying to be competitive, they just want someone other than Trey Young, I could totally understand that as well. It's all the same point that we were talking about before, which is you would be doing yourself a disservice to not see what you could get for Trey Young. Cause there are a bunch of teams that would want to trade for Trey Young. And if one of those meets the price that you're looking for, or potentially even overpays for Trey Young by giving you uh, not just a top player, but also a combination of draft picks and a star player or a package similar to the Kevin Durant deal where it's draft picks and players who are good enough to keep you competitive, like Mike Al Bridges, Cam Johnson, they got Dinwiddie, obviously, in the Kyrie trade, Dorian Finney-Smith. If, if you can get players that are, will be good enough to help you compete and also draft picks, it might not be the worst thing in the world for Atlanta, especially because Atlanta doesn't really have a ton of long-term pieces on the team. I know Bogdanovich is still under contract for one more year. Uh, I'm sure they'd like to extend Onyeka Okongwu. Clint Capella's been there for a bunch of years, and I don't know if he's part of their long-term future at this point. I mean, the only pieces I can say for sure are going to be on the Hawks beyond next season are DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter. And if those are your two long-term pieces, I mean, Aneka Okongwu makes a lot of sense, but if DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter are your two foundational pieces... It's two pretty good pieces to have. I'm not going to pretend like that's not a a bad team at all. Like they could be consistently in the play-in round with that group. They do need a a legitimate number two or number one. I mean, depending on how you feel about Dejounte Murray as a number one scoring option, I think the thing he brings more is defense. But like, if you added an All Star to that mix, you could you could compete in the East. Absolutely, you could compete in the East, especially when you have teams in the East. Built similarly, like, for example, the Chicago Bulls, who we'll get to right now. By the way, I think, uh, putting a prediction out there, Chicago Bulls are, are underdogs against the Raptors, and I think, if I remember correctly, I don't believe a 10-seed has ever won the first round of the play-in. Uh, it's, since, it's been around since 2021 in this format. So in, the, in that year, the, the Spurs lost as a 10-seed. Can't remember who uh, the Hornets lost as the 10 seed one of those years. And last year was horn. I think it's been Hornets and Spurs twice. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? That, that the Hornets and Spurs have lost twice in the play-in round now. Um, but basically no 10 seed has ever won in the play-in. So I think the Bulls are going to be the first. And if the Bulls are going to be the first, Utah, or sorry, OKC is going to be the second, and it'll be really interesting to watch that play out if we are going to find the Chicago Bulls in the next round, along with the Oklahoma City Thunder, the two 10 seeds, making it that far in the play-in round, and the reason I say that is because the Toronto Raptors are ready to go home, and the Chicago Bulls have been a very good team in the last month and a half of the season. I think net rating, they're like kind of middle of the pack, which is something they were very much not at the end of the season, the year before. Let's see. It was Grizzly Spurs. Oh, it was the wizards. That's right. The wizards were also in that play in round. Uh, yeah. Hornets lost that one. So the Hornets, wow, that's interesting. The Hornets and Spurs are the only teams that have lost the nine, 10 play in game. Both of them are bad this year, but Hornets and Spurs both both lost the play in both years as 10 seeds. I forgot they were the 10 seeds two years in a row. It's the Greg Popovich Memorial 9-10 game, but I guess we should call it the Hornets and I mean the Hornets and Spurs also deserve some recognition for that. But I think the Bulls long-winded way of saying Bulls are going to beat the Raptors and part of the reason is the Toronto Raptors don't really want to keep playing basketball. <laughs> Nick Nurse is on his way out in Toronto. That championship bought him 4 years and he appears to be pretty tired of his job in Toronto. Now granted there's like talks that he might be connected to the Houston job and he might he might pick himself up pretty quickly. That championship will certainly help out his resume going forward for years and years to come. I'm just thinking at this point Nick Nurse not really in a position to continue coaching the Toronto Raptors and if the Raptors if that's what's going to happen they don't I mean from what I understand they don't really want to keep playing basketball all that much it's been a very difficult season for Toronto it's the reason why they're the nine seed despite the fact that they probably have as much talent as the five-seeded New York Knicks and by the way Toronto was in the five seed last season so Look, Toronto's part of this like middle-of-the-pack group on the bell curve. They're kind of right in the middle at this point. But the reason that they've kind of underachieved towards the back end is because like everyone's kind of exhausted. Nick Nurse is kind of ready to move on. I don't know how much longer they're going to keep the core of Pascal Siakam and Ogn and Obi, And, I mean, Scotty Barnes is part of their long-term future, so he's not going to be the piece that leaves, but... I don't know how long Toronto keeps riding it out with this group of players with no real recourse for adding a significant piece to the team. I don't know the player who would be of interest to Toronto. I don't know the situation that the trade would make sense. It seems like they're going to bounce out this year and kind of reevaluate where they are as an organization. I mean, Van Fleet's contract is up, so like maybe Van Fleet leaving will change the we'll open the door for someone new like a Malachi Flynn maybe that's the the game for Toronto I it sounds to me like the more likely scenario for Toronto at this point is like oh we're going to kind of reevaluate where we stand and figure out how we could maybe get out of this middle of the pack group and maybe that starts with a change at the coaching position so we'll see what ends up happening with Toronto. I'm going to bet on Chicago, and then uh, if Chicago ends up playing Miami, because right now the, the Hawks are up eight right before halftime against the Miami Heat, if it's going to be Heat against the Bulls for the last playoff spot, uh, let's just watch and see what happens. That's that's my prognostication there. Um, last game, Thunder and Pelicans. I really hope the Thunder win. We've We've been pretty vocal about our pro-Thunder vices here on the Take It Easy podcast. I am very much a fan of what Sam Presti is doing. I like Shea Gilgis-Alexander because he is... The nerds love Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and there's a reason the nerds love Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He should be a second-team All-NBA player this year. He's been legitimately one of the 10 best players in the sport, and if he weren't on the Oklahoma City Thunder, he would be... The Thunder would be right there with the Spurs and Rockets. They would be awful if they didn't have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He has carried them to a 10 seed. He might carry them within one game of making the playoffs. And similar to when Ja Morant in his second season made All-NBA, carrying the Grizzlies to the 8 seed, we should be talking about Shea Gilgis-Alexander the same way we talked about 22-year-old Devin Booker or 22-year-old Ja Morant. Because Shea Gilgis Alexander is that good of a player, and granted, he's a little bit older than um, he's a little bit older than 22. He's 24 right now, and he's going to turn 25 by the time next year rolls around. So, granted, he's a little bit closer to his prime, and he's just jumping onto our radar. But the reason that's the case is because Oklahoma City is really, really bad, and Oklahoma City is going to be really, really interesting to watch next season because they're going to have. Shy Gilgis Alexander, Chet Holmgren. And if it were up to me, they would have Trey Young playing the two. They would trade Josh Giddey and maybe the not-as-good Jalen Williams and maybe three or four draft picks, including a valuable draft pick to the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for Trey Young. I would do that if I were Oklahoma City. And if I could get Shy Gilgis Alexander, Trey Young and Chet Holmgren next season. They'd be interesting to watch. I'd have no idea where they'd end up in the Western Conference standings. Could be six, could be 12, but it would be interesting to watch. So Oklahoma City, I want them to beat the Pelicans. Why? I mean, the Pelicans, whoever wins is probably going to lose to the... Whoever wins this game is probably going to end up losing to the Timberwolves or Lakers in the... 8-9 game I mean it's one game winner go home so like you never know but I would really really like to see Oklahoma City play a one game winner go home to make the playoffs because we saw what New Orleans did last year they 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 made the eight seed it was good for them but without Zion Williamson they're just a mid team in the eastern conference or the western conference and they still don't have Zion Williamson therefore they are still a mid team in the western conference So let's try Oklahoma City. That'll be more fun. Think how pissed everyone's going to be if Oklahoma City knocks the Lakers out of the playoff. That's going to be really funny if that ended up happening. I like Oklahoma City. I hope that the Jalen Williams brothers, for those who don't know, they have two players named Jalen Williams, spelled differently, but both are Jalen Williams. One's Jalen with a Y, one's Jalen with a not Y. So Jalen Williams... And Jalen Williams and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and uh, soon-to-be Chet Holmgren will be interesting next season, and in the meantime, let's try it. They're new. We've seen what the Pelicans can do. They're spicy. Let's figure out what they got. Also, Atlanta Hawks are up 12 against the Miami Heat, so let's see if they break this one open and we can get a Miami Heat versus what I'm going to guess is the Chicago Bulls in the one-game winner-go-home. And by the way, Atlanta versus Boston might be an interesting series. Especially because, like, Trey Young might be playing his last series with the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta-Boston is going to be kind of fun. Let's see what ends up happening. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We've got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up on Sundays. Leave a five-star review, a download. If you want more of our dream projects, you can always buy our book, The Spurs Dynasty, a historical account of the most successful dynasty in North American pro sports. You can listen to the podcast series that we did. You can check out the Red Rain podcast if you want some more reporting and conversation around the Michael Bidwell story we talked about last week. You can check out all of that with links in the description to this episode to support our work and support the people who support our dreams. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And in the meantime, take it easy.
2: Ant let y'all score. The ball slipped out his hand. Cat and them boys. They won't give a damn. They cheer playing games. Like they just won the crown. Nothing can bring can bring Minnesota down The Ant-Man Drives down D-D-Low's got a kick D-Low's got to kick it out The Ant-Man's 21 And no, nothing can break You can't break him down 12 years in the tank Bed flops like a plank We got news for you baby And Edwards is the man Two years in the game, and he's a household name. We got news for you, baby, and Edwards is the man. When it comes to Wiggins, they never learned. And then Jimmy Butler left all the kids burned. The only way they get talent is the top of the draft. Torian Prince and Malik Beasley, the Ant-Man. 21 No, not nothing can break You can't break Him down 12 years in the tank Bev flops like a plank Got news for your baby And Edwards is the man Cats shot, make it rain GM's affairs in the way Got news for your baby And Edwards is the man The Ant-Man, the Ant-Man The Ant-Man, the Ant-Man the man who's the man with the plan the ant man 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 who's the man with the plan the ant man the ant man the ant man 12 years in the tank, Bev flops like a plank, got news for you baby, and Edwards is the man. 15 years away, I'm headed to the Hall of Fame, got news for you baby, and Edwards is the man.